0: I got my iced coffee today. Excellent. I, uh, delicious iced coffee, I must say. Um, but that's for another another day because we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dual Screens podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana. With me as always, he's my right-hand man. He's Andy Asimakis. How are you, Andy?
1: We've done how many of these so far? 223. Steven? Is that an exact precise number? Yes. Yes. Or is that
0: just a guess? Two hundred and twenty-three. That's a real number. True facts. That's a true fact. Verifiable fact. Verifiable. Have we
1: ever done in all of those two hundred interviews a point and click game? I was searching the old brain, huh. and I couldn't think of any. This might be a first. I don't. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't. I don't know. Possibly. But we're yeah. gonna we're gonna learn today. Oh, we're gonna learn we're so gonna, much. We're gonna learn yeah. today because joining us this week is Francisco Gonzalez, the creator of Rosewater, a thrilling Western adventure set in an alternate 19th century w- world of Lamplight City. Francisco, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Thank you very much for having me. I'm absolutely honored to be your first pointy click.
0: I we're gonna have to go through the archives. Yeah. We're gonna have to verify this, but I'm pretty yeah, sure I this think- is correct. <laughs> Yeah, we've I, done, I, I like, don't. First person games, yeah, and a bunch of RPGs. Metroidvania is probably leading the the pack. Side scrolling, yeah, st- yeah, 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 more than likely. <laughs> you cover all of the
2: games that I play, but not the type that I develop. Well,
1: that, this
0: is right, this is excellent. Right, right.
2: Right. I feel right at home. I'm I'm, I'm to see. <laughs> so you're
0: you're on. You're on the right podcast, sir. Excellent. Yes. And what podcast is that, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it's the one you're listening to or watching. It's yes. the Dual Screens Podcast. This is the internet's number one indie indie developer interview podcast starring people you've never heard of, probably. The show posts each and every Friday for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice, including our home, Podbean. And, of course, we're on Apple. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere, son. So go in there for your – for your if you like podcasting in your ear holes, that's where you go. But if you want it for your eye holes, it's very simple. You go to YouTube.com slash TV. It's very simple. You go there, you hit subscribe, you hit the thumbs up, and you listen to well over 200 interviews that we have up there for your favorite video games, including your newest favorite video game, Rosewater. Uh, Francisco, we've already kind of said that it's a point and click, but it's much more than that. It's much more than that. Give, us, give our listeners that beautiful elevator pitch.
2: Ooh, ooh, all right. Uh, So Rosewater, as you mentioned, is a thrilling Wild West point and click adventure set in the world of Lamplight City. What's Lamplight City? Well, it's the game I released before this one. Uh, Basically, (laughs) Lamplight City is a detective game set in an alternate 19th century. You play as a detective who hears the voice of his dead partner. He's trying to let his partner move on. It's uh, kind of based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe and Charles Dickens, and I created this whole alternate 19th century world of Vespuccia, which is the United States that never declared independence. So it's sort of this uh, mishmash of like uh, an East Coast city that's kind of New York, New Orleans, London, etc. So uh, that game came out a couple of years ago, and I thought, what do I want to do next? I want to keep exploring this world. And so since since Lamplight City was set in the mid 1800s, I thought, well, what's the, the natural extension of this world? Let me do the Old West. Nobody does Old West point and clicks. Nobody does Old West point and clicks that are not comedies when they do do them. Uh, so I came up with the idea for Rosewater. And yeah, so Rosewater is, again, set in this sort of alternate steampunky kind of 19th century. No giant mechanical spiders. I want to get that out of the way. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, so stop, Rosewater. S-
1: stop, stop,
0: the, stop the interview. Stop it all together. <laughs> it's been it's done. over now. It's been done. <laughs> I've lost interest. It's Why been, it's been done perfection? to death. No, I, I get it. I get it
2: um anyway so so yeah rosewater is a point and click game where you play as a uh former boxer turned writer named harley legere who comes to the small town of rosewater and she gets assigned by the local paper to write about this guy that's in town and the guy says hey i'm putting together a crew to go on a treasure hunt would you like to come with me and she does and then hijinks ensue and so
0: hijinks
3: yeah that's where all good adventures start
2: the, mm-hmm. the game is basically mm-hmm. Harley and her posse traveling across the frontier, and you play as her, and you interact with your companions, and your relationships affect how the story goes, and so on and so forth. So that was a very long elevator ride, but... That that's was- good, man. No,
0: no, no, I, I work was... in Manhattan, man, so some of these elevators, they go up like 50, 40, true. 50 it was, floors.
2: That's true. There it you. was
1: thrilling. I'm going to ask a long elevator ride question okay. if... You don't mind. It's a very specific question uh, regarding your demo, which I fell in Mm -hmm. love with, which is why we're here now. Said interview. Excellent. So early, early on, you're asked to uh, steal a pocket watch Mm -hmm. for an asshole, essentially. (laughs) Lovable or the game. (laughs) Sure. sure. And you know, said watch is in. a blacksmith's um, sort of a place of business, and there's a huge ass padlock on the blacksmith's store. Right. So uh, y- there's there's also a bag of lockpicks in the sheriff's uh, establishment. Of course, there is. You know, that's person. where that's where yeah. lock picks should and, be. And um, so I thought, okay, I can just go in there and take the lockpicks and just unlock the padlock and. Be on my way mm. but of course you can't just steal the lockpicks underneath the sheriff's nose of course not. so i thought okay if i if i point to something in the background like uh, his rifles or a photo on the wall or the jail cell he gets up from his desk and he walks over and gives you a whole spiel okay cool he's distracted can mm. i take the lockpicks now i can't mm. I might notice so i came across this slab tile which I can use to break the padlock and enter the blacksmith's.
0: I uh, see. Business. Okay. Okay.
1: Now, had I not done that, could I use that slab tile to bash in the sheriff's head and then take the lockpick <laughs> from the bag? I'm just wondering if that's an option. No. No. That. No.
2: No. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. That be, okay. That would be the terrible violent solution. No. Uh, at the risk of spoiling things, <laughs> which whatever it's. The <laughs> Uh, Yes. Right. (laughs) One of the main things I wanted to do with this game was have multiple solutions available to the different puzzles, Uh, not Mm -hmm. all of them, but most or some of them. So yeah, that that puzzle about uh, the puzzle you're referring to is kind of the main one in the demo, which is you're trying to get into this theater to watch the Wild West show and dead lovable urchin or asshole is blocking your way. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's three ways to get in. You can you can either do the puzzly route, the, the more more sneaky, more I guess, uh, adventure gamey puzzly route, which would involve getting the lockpicks. There's actually a medical bag in the doctor's office that you can pick up and
1: swap. Oh um, interesting. Yeah, Indiana so Jones you, style. Got right, it. Right, right. Right.
2: So so if you do that, that's one way, and then you can like sneak your way in and get the watch. Uh the more violent. Brute force solution is what you did, which is to smash the tile. <laughs> but then that results in you getting caught by the person who lives in the blacksmith shop. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. if you snuck in, you would have gotten away scot free. And the third option, which is the ultra violent way, is just say. You know, screw you, kid, and punch him and knock him out and just go in to the theater. Yeah, and that bypasses the whole puzzle thing. Oh, I uh, want
1: that option. That's yeah, a good option. That, we play that shit later. Yeah, but actually,
2: <laughs> that actually results in you getting thrown in jail, uh, and then you you meet uh, the blacksmith occupant that way. Um, and this sort of has an effect later on with regards to how the characters perceive you because, um, you know, how you meet the occupant of the blacksmith shop if she catches you in her trespassing in her place she obviously is gonna like beware of you from the get-go when you meet her later Mm. if you meet her in jail and you sort of bond over like what are you in for like she has a slightly higher opinion so so yeah it's stuff like that it's it's branching narrative like the overall story is more or less the same but how you get through to different places changes Mm. so yes there's actually also what? an extra satisfying fourth secret way <gasps> of uh, getting in, but I will leave that for you. You got to light. You got to light the jail on fire. Bashing, how? It involves. I mean, it she's a former
1: <laughs> She's a former boxer. Can't you just punch her way out of every, every single scenario or problem that comes her way?
2: Not, not everyone. But there are options <laughs> to be more violent. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's not. I'm it's it. I'm allowing for a little bit of. I hesitate to call it role playing because it's not really role playing in the sense of like stats or anything. But like if you want to play her as more violent, you can because mm-hmm. there's to reason that she would do that. But she's also like trying to get away from that side of herself. So if you do that, it might cause her like a crisis of identity and being like, oh man, I'm trying, <laughs> to, I'm trying to be better, but I just can't stop punching people
0: punching people is very satisfying at, at at certain times so i could i could understand the, the frustration and and the dichotomy there um so when you' when you're creating these these, these narratives these paths because you, you said the, the key word here is that like the overall story here is generally going to be the same. It's just how you get there. Um, right. How do you keep that from becoming a point of contention with gamers because you hear a lot of people that complain about oh my choices really don't matter because the story is always gonna end up the same place. Um, how do you, how do you resolve that? How do you um, uh, in, in for lack of a better term, cheat it where it actually feels like it has weight to it?
2: Yeah, I think the the key with that is that if you're going to say that the story changes, it's really easy to um, to make it sound like it's a lot more involved than it actually is. Obviously, right. like you know, you would have to have a team of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people trying to like account for every single possibility. Not to right. mention all the assets you would need if the story radically changed. But I think the key is to make it feel like your choices actually matter, you have to see the payoffs in significant ways, whether it's like, I mean, I know that like the bare minimum is if dialogue changes, but if it's to the point where it's, you know, some some action or some scene you see, uh, like you see a completely different scene or you see, I don't know, uh, you get a completely different puzzle or something like that. I feel like that is a bit more uh meaningful with the choices because yeah i mean like i think the the classic example is like say the walking dead from telltale where Mm -hmm. you had like oh well choose which character lives or dies but it doesn't matter because in like two episodes down the way the one you saved ends up dying anyway
0: that Mm -hmm. feels like
2: more of a cheat i understand why they (laughs) did that because obviously that would just expand the branches way too much if you didn't need that character anymore right um but yeah the i think as as a solo indie dev like you can only do so much and i think you need to like keep it within scope but yeah definitely just like making sure that the game acknowledges your choices and rewarding the player for them in some meaningful way i think that's the trick and and not just beyond like (laughs) one of one of the tricks that i always laugh at um well is is when like a character is like, well, you did this and you did this and they just regurgitate your choices back
0: at you. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: think you need to you, you need to hide it a little better, but mm-hmm. I'm certainly no expert on this. So, I am just doing what I think feels right.
0: One of one of the games that I played recently uh, that I actually finished was BioMutant and BioMutant has a lot of different choices for you to to take cuz you can save the world very differently you could be a jerk and you know wage warfare across all the tribes whatever but at the end of it the narrator kind of goes well the adventurer did this and then he did this and then it led to that and then everybody lived happily ever after the end and i was like oh okay cool um you know getting from point a to point b was kind of fun but like seeing what point b was was kind of like ah well that's all right you're just gonna narrate it I'm not gonna like see the consequences the true consequences of the actions just like these tiny little uh one-liners or, or whatever um but it seems like those moments in between point a and, and B you 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 put some more weight into them to try and hopefully uh make every action not just not just the puzzles but and but like the conversations everything sort of has its own little little weight to it is that right to assume
2: yeah yeah i mean one of the things that i've been having a lot of fun playing with too with especially with specific characters is i have like a little internal counter that's kind of measuring your relationship levels like on a scale of one to ten with each character Mm. and like i'll have what i like to do to just keep things fresh and make you feel like you're actually interacting is if there's like a long conversation or a cutscene or something i like to interrupt it and give you a choice on what to say and Mm. some dialogue options will make characters like you more or not um and like there's one character who he has kind of a snarky sense of humor but he has to warm up to you so like if you start making jokes at him if you do it like when your relationship is too low he's like was that a joke whereas if you say the same joke and your relationship's higher he's like oh yeah that's a good one so little things like that um yeah
0: but th- does it matter from a gameplay perspective whether or not characters like or dislike you? Uh yeah. I mean, I don't I don't
2: want it to be like the the goal here is that your companions, I want everybody to like your like I want as many people to like as many of the companions as possible. Obviously, I know that that's asking a lot because you're always going to have somebody who like The the beloved the character you think will be beloved is the one everyone hates or something like that. Like Um,
0: Andy v me, I get it.
2: (laughs) You're both very correct, correct, correct. Correct. Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah, like um, as far as like the so the 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 place where you're going to actually see that is like Act Two of the game, the actual journey portion, because I've divided that up into like. There's there's three main scenes that happen, but also along the way there's like little I see a cat. Uh, there's, uh, little <laughs> <Two cats. laughs> there's little encounters. Oh, two cats. nice. There's little <laughs> encounters and like little mini stories and stuff, and and there's companion specific ones, and there's two one there's two companion specific ones or there's two encounters for each companion. Okay. You only get one per playthrough. And which one oh, you get okay. will depend on factors such as your companion relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, there and, and like the trajectory of Act Three, like what's available to you, depends on who's with you at that point, and who's with you, also depends on the relationships. So yeah.
0: Nice.
1: How do you begin to even? create this world and these characters do you look into people in your own life do you watch a lot of old movies how, how, how does the world building and the character writing uh go from your
2: well i get i get my notepad oh props we have props uh,
1: and i start mm, there it is there I it is
2: all right i made a little map of the town of rosewater even though you only see like five screens of it yeah mm-hmm. i just i just basically start writing things down and thinking about ideas and characters and, and it's uh as far as influence goes it's a mixture of lots of things yeah i mean like if i'm writing a character and i'm trying to think about their personality i might think about people i know who share those personality traits and mm. what it's like to talk to them and things like that i try to avoid making them exact copies of people i know because i don't want people to mm. play my game and be like hey that's that's me
1: um Wait a minute. yeah but
2: uh yeah just A variety of different things. I read uh, a couple of really good books geared at screenwriters uh, by Robert McKee called Story and Dialogue, and he writes a lot Mm -hmm. about like thinking about how your characters interact with each other and how they are reflections of each other and things like that. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about, too, when writing. Um, But yeah, as far as the creation process, it's kind of just like I try and come up with the setting first this time was easy because i had already come up with the setting in a general sense for lamplight city you know refining it more to this particular location and the old west setting um and then just kind of thought about characters you see how in that setting like how to avoid the the standard archetypes how to subvert the uh, the standard like old prospector character that everyone <laughs> expects or right um my signature which is the shotgun granny i was like oh i, I don't want to put any shotgun grannies um mm. i have a penchant for including old ladies with heavy artillery in my games i don't know why it's just a thing i find funny um
0: uh, i'm with, I'm with you on that that what okay. was that hot fuzz <laughs> hot fuzz had that, that scene yeah. right
2: I actually was just watching the Super Mario Brothers movie again for the first time since I saw it in the theater. I'm and there's a shotgun granny in that. And I was like, I wonder if this influenced me all those years back. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of, I, you know, I, I come up with the world and then I think about the characters and then I think about the story beats. And and uh, yeah, it just kind of all gels that way. It's, it's, it's hard to answer because like when I'm doing it, i'm doing it and then afterwards i'm it's kind of like i'm in a it sounds really pretentious to say like oh i was in a fugue state but like i literally like thinking back i'm like where did this come from like how is i can't like pinpoint Mm. it's weird i don't know anyway
0: (laughs) nobody could really explain where creativity comes from yeah um now you're a solo dev uh, yes. we, we've interviewed dozens of solo devs at this point. Um, but there's always a couple of shout outs that the solo devs like to, like to give. It's some people here and there that have helped, whether it's with music, uh, art, you know, whatever, animations. Is there any uh, members that you want to uh, loop in here and how those relationships started?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. So so my composer is Mark Bennis, who also did the music for Lamplight City. He did an amazing job on that. Uh, Mark is great. It, I He... I worked with him for the first time on Lamplight City. I actually met him uh, locally at like a games event uh, a few years back. And he was just kind of like, hey, I, it, it just came up. I was like, hey, I'm making this detective game. Uh, I, I need a composer. Like, This is the kind of sound I'm looking for. He's like, oh, that sounds exactly what I'd love to do. And sort of blossomed from there. He was wearing Pokemon suspenders. It was great. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and uh, Jess Haskins who is my writing partner and also partner partner uh, she was okay. my script and go. dialogue editor on Lamplight City and she's doing the same on Rosewater but she is uh, taking a bit more of an additional writer uh, position on this as well uh, so yeah that's, that's basically the core
0: team wow so you're doing all of the a- animation drawing programming all that fun stuff Yep. And, you're, and you're alive. And That's interesting. That's yeah, interesting. You
2: know. Yeah, I've been doing this um a, a while. <laughs> at <laughs> at a, how much longer I'll be? At, at
1: at what point do you realize that you are smart enough to make a point and click puzzle game?
2: <laughs> if I was smart, I would make a point and click.
1: <laughs> but but seriously i mean like yeah. going back to playing games like from my youth like monkey island comes sure. to mind almost immediately sure. and going through some of those games puzzles i'm like who thought this up like what human being with such higher brain function <laughs> thought about these puzzles like Ooh. and to know that they were that they were able to do that yeah so you, uh, what, I'm, was, I'm what was the you. point for you?
2: You're opening up a bit of a can of worms here, because <laughs> there are several opinions on adventure game puzzles and types of adventure game puzzles. Interesting. Oh. You well know.
1: Oh, we um, should get into that.
2: So you bring up Monkey Island. Um, mm-hmm. And I was recently talking about how, uh, obviously, I grew up playing all the classics. I played all the Monkey Island games. I love right. Curse of Monkey Island is my favorite. Fight me. I don't yes, care. Yes, yes, yes um no you're right
1: you're absolutely right
2: but secret of monkey island i feel has the best puzzles and the reason that Mm -hmm. i feel secret of monkey island has the best puzzles is because they're logical and they make sense in the world like the most outlandish puzzle i i think that actually the only puzzle that i remember got me stumped was there's a puzzle towards the end where you have to get a key to open up uh some room in LeChuck's ship And the way you get the key Mm -hmm. is you use the magnetic compass to, like, levitate it down from the hook. That's Uh a little out there. Right. (laughs) But that's, like, the one puzzle. Everything else makes sense. Like, even the rubber chicken with the pulley in the middle. Like, it's a pulley, (laughs) and you need it to, like, get across a cable. Okay, that works. Just because it's Mm -hmm. in a rubber chicken, whatever. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But they make sense. And then, like, in Monkey Island 2, that's when it started getting a little bit more absurd with like the monkey wrench and the uh i don't know i forget what other puzzles are in there i i just know that there's some pretty terrible puzzles in monkey island 2 one or two really bad ones and then there's like you know that's the point where it kind of got like oh it's a cartoony silly game we're gonna have weird puzzles so then you get into the whole thing of like moon logic and like how was i supposed to figure that out and as a puzzle as an adventure game designer. You know, the the golden the the thing you want, the the aha moment, as they call it, is you want the player to be stumped by a puzzle, but not to the point where they're frustrated and they, they rage quit. You want them to be challenged and then feel smart when they figure out the solution by piecing together information or or what have you. And as opposed to like looking up a walkthrough and being like, oh, how the hell was I supposed to figure that out? Right? Yeah. So when I design puzzles, I tend to err more on the side of realism. Like if you pick up a crowbar, it should be used for what a crowbar is used for, like prying something open and not attaching it to a piece of dental floss and (laughs) a candy cane to make a fishing rod to get something off the subway tracks. So... (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people feel that that style of inventory puzzle, which is only one style of inventory puzzle, because there's many other Mm. ways to use inventory. I feel like that has sort of become what people associate with adventure games. And so people Mm. think, oh, they're all stupid and they have these stupid things so that you have like either they have to be insanely difficult with puzzles that nobody would ever figure out or they're too easy and then they're not really adventure games. So you have this sort of like dueling faction between the hardcore fans and the, the not so hardcore fans. And I mean, just as far as like designing, my personal design philosophy is I like to think of puzzles in terms of obstacles, like not I don't think, OK, well, uh, this door is going to be locked. So I have to design an elaborate door combination puzzle because that's a puzzle. I think, well, why is the door locked? Who locked it? Why did they, mm-hmm. you know, what, what What? What does me getting through this door tell me about the world or the characters or whatever? And so I think about puzzle chains as far as like realistic obstacles. Like yeah. to use the example of Rosewater, like you have to get into this show, right. but this kid that you've already met who you know is a con artist is there. So you have to deal with him more and then you can choose whether you want to, like, go with his his story or you just are done with him or whatever. And then figure stuff out like, you know, okay, so, so he's not letting you in. All right, I have to get this watch. Okay, well, I can't just get the watch. It's someplace I need to get. All right, well, there's a lock. How do I deal with the lock? Well, I can either do the lock pick thing. And then the next obstacle is I can't get it just from the sheriff, as we already talked about or you can say well mm-hmm. i'm just going to smash it etc um, so yeah that's that's how i try and, and i don't i don't think it's a question of like being smart it's just a question of figuring out what works and what doesn't
0: work yeah it's trial right, and error right. but you you're also <laughs> yeah. you're creating the puzzles within the context of the universe as opposed right. to uh, in, as opposed to shoehorning the objects and puzzles into the universe um, you know what, one of my favorite genres right now is escape room pu- games. I, th- I just think they're so much fun to just try and like, figure things out. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, what? Other times, you you know, you got your notepad and you're just keeping it, you know, oh, this could go here, this this is the cipher for this. And those are fun, but those are also a very, very specific type of, of puzzle. And I feel like, you know, R- Rosewater is more like um, it's uh, each little section is its own tiny little escape room, but the rooms are big if that makes sense it's like the room that you could play in is much larger right but it's a much smaller little piece of the puzzle that you have to kind of unlock to go forward in your in your little timeline it's it, it also like adventure games a lot of the times are like choose your own adventure books right um where you're kind of just flipping through and like okay i don't that character's basically ignored cuz i you know skipped him or whatever and stuff like that but then you like kind of forget about those characters they I mean, you have to be writing for a lot of different personalities and characters and stuff. Maybe may characters that you like fall in love with you personally that you wrote, mm-hmm. um, and it must be weird knowing that some players might never even really get more than skin deep on some of these characters.
2: It also, I mean, it also depends on the 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 design. Like with Lamplight City, the whole thing there was that you could get things wrong. And you could accuse the wrong suspects and you could close off leads if you were too much of a jerk to somebody or you mm. made them you know you did something to make them not cooperate with you and that would lock off paths to like get right. to that particular suspect so in that instance yeah it was possible to like not see a character or a location or something because you had made the mistake i mean overall you never got like truly stuck like you never got into the dead end scenario where you were forced to reload you just would Declare the case unsolvable if you locked off all of your leads. Um, But I'm not doing that so much with Rosewater because I mean, it was an experiment in Lamplight City. I also didn't have inventory in Lamplight City for that very reason, because I figured in a detective game, it wouldn't make sense for a detective to be like using all of these items randomly. Um, So uh, not it's not that I got pushback on that, but I think it was. The problem with doing that and letting your players know that they're locking the content out is then they know and they get angry. So I've been trying to both limit that and also partly one of the things with the relationship thing too is I'm also giving the uh, I'm giving the player the option on who they want to get to know. So you could theoretically get. To know all the characters, all the companions, Mm. I mean, um, and build a relationship with them. Or if there's someone you don't particularly like, you don't have to, you know, deal with them. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like in fallout new Vegas where you had like the companion specific quest paths Yeah, and you could Mm -hmm. choose how much of, how much you wanted to get to know them. And I, I basically did that because of that issue where like, you know, um, If you write the character and someone like if the game forces you to interact with them and the player doesn't really like them, it feels more like, look, I'm the author and I really want you to like this character, please. Why won't you like them? Whereas I prefer to give the player that choice of just deciding whether they like them or not. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Andy.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I do want to say like, what was the biggest thing you learned from developing lamplancy to now making rosewater having done point and click and now you're doing it again what was the biggest takeaway from your from the previous experience oh that's a good question um
2: that is a really good question i don't know (laughs) um yeah i don't know I, i i with each game i do i like to try something different and push myself in a different direction i kind of feel like on the technical side i've i've pushed myself with rosewater because lamplight city was 640 by 400 resolution uh in 2018 i know uh and rosewater is a whopping 720p um so i've pushed my my res my art up um to twice the resolution and i've been learning how to like paint higher res and you know i i do all my animation by rotoscoping so that's fun oh, okay oh, um yeah. and it's translated pretty well to high resolution actually so i'm i'm doing like close-up cut scenes and like emphasis for like for emphasizing actions and stuff which adds a little bit more of a cool dynamic feel to it um so i guess art wise uh that has been what i've learned or what i learned from lamplight city to just like push myself and not cut corners <laughs> um design wise, I guess I would say that I sort of also learned how to keep things within scope. I mean, I try and keep things within scope as much as possible, but Lamplight City was my most ambitious project to date. And Rosewater is also ambitious, but I feel like I didn't, I like early on, when I was trying to figure out what the story was going to be about, I was like, okay, it's a western. So do I want it to be, like a treasure hunt do i want it to be a revenge story do i want it to be like uh i don't know Some i forget what the third one was and i was like oh i can do all three and i can have you choose which path to go down at the end but then i was like that's way too much i'm just (laughs) gonna do the treasure hunt (laughs) let's just (laughs) cut it back so that uh i definitely have learned how to how to keep my projects realistic um
0: so we keep talking about lamplight and we're talking about yeah. rosewater but you know you you obviously have more experience than that how'd you get started in game dev
2: uh so when i was in college uh actually well it goes way back before that um i i i played all i played the classic adventures i played king's Quest 5 on the nes and for some reason i thought i want to do this um, but i was never really able to find the software or really anything, because I have no programming experience, and I uh, still to this day, the only programming I've ever done has been within Adventure Game Studio, which is the engine I use. Uh, So when I was in college, and I was farting around between classes, I just googled uh, Adventure Game Maker, and I found Adventure Game Studio, and I downloaded it, and I started messing around with it, and I made a couple little games, and then I thought, well, I want to make more games. So I I came up with the idea to do a series of, uh, short games. And, uh, that series ended up be- being, uh, Ben Jordan, paranormal investigator about Ooh. a paranormal investigator named Ben Jordan. <laughs> shockingly enough. Wow. Really, uh, and I made, I made really eight of those. For that yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I made eight of those games <laughs> over the course of eight years and they're, they're free to download. They still are. Um, And I kind of just learned as I went making them. And in 2014, I released my first commercial game, which was called The Golden Wake, which was about
0: it's a historical fiction
2: game about a real estate agent in 1920s Miami.
0: And then I don't understand where you get these ideas from. Like (laughs) I grew up in Miami and I was really interested in the history of it. And I
2: wanted to do like, I really liked Gabriel Knight and Broken Soul. Ah, Blended Mm -hmm. historical fiction. And I thought that the backdrop of the, like I read about, and I went to the museums and saw all the stuff that was going on during the twenties and the land boom. And I was like, this would make a really interesting and unique backdrop for an adventure game. Can I do something with this? And I came up with a story about it. Um, And so, yeah, so I did that. And then in in 2016, I made Shardlight, which is a post-apocalyptic story about a disease that's ravaging a country and the evil government that's hoarding vaccine. And it's really not a great game to play right now, but it came out in 2016.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. I'm I'm sure you're on some sort of list (laughs) for that.
2: Yeah, just call me Cassandra. And then, yeah, I made Lamplight City in 2018, and now I'm doing Rosewater. So, it started off as a hobby, and a friend of mine who also started off as a hobby and then got into publishing, uh, Dave Gilbert, who started Wadged Eye Games, he told me that he would gladly publish me, and that's how I got my foot in the door. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. That's how I got started. Very nice. And I've never looked back. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to quit my day job and do this full-time, so that's why i live in this i live in this beautiful basement yeah can you just i don't actually live in the basement i only work here
1: for those who are listening on the strictly audio format can you describe where you are right now and your surroundings
2: i am in my basement in my beautiful brooklyn townhouse um And it is underground, and it's there's stone walls and stone arches, and I have decorated it in a mix of like a pirate cove slash man cave slash nerd (laughs) outfit, because this is where I might keep all my box PC games. There's a lot of
0: wood. There's actually
2: there's a lot more stone than wood.
0: There. I mean I I yeah it's hard to tell.
2: Uh, oh I see. That, just, that's like a little divider. I, I see. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's, there's just a couple of dividers so you don't see all of the actual terrible basement crap
0: back there. Right right yeah. I got you got some pirate flags. I saw yeah. I, I might have seen some mead. Perhaps a drunkard strewn about a couch. I think I, earlier.
2: I don't have any mead. I've got I've got my little. <laughs> Here, but I don't have running water down here, so I don't actually drink. I just kind of store the wine That's and fair. stuff down here. That's fair.
0: <laughs> so you're in Brooklyn, huh? Yes, I am. Yeah, me too. Oh, nice. Yeah. What right. part? Uh, I'm in Dyker.
2: Okay. I'm in Bed-Stuy.
0: bed <laughs> Keep getting alerts about Bed-Stuy. Shout out to everybody People who... got to uh, chill out does... over there.
2: Oh, it's fine.
0: Andy's in uh, Queens. Good Arizona. old Queens. Roll Good roll, old. roll Brooklyn homes. I didn't realize
2: nice. we were all we were all in the same space.
1: That's... Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I think it's, nice. it's like also well one of our, our first point and click, and we don't ever talk to devs from New York. What? Yeah, it's very I feel rare. almost ever. There's so on many on this show. We've got yeah, yeah I know. We've got a few. Yeah, we've got a <laughs> have few. you been to plan we've y- spoken Y-C? to more yes, developers yes, in have. like in like right. Romania
0: than we have <laughs> in New York City. That's <laughs> true. That's <laughs> true. So uh, tell us about the, the the scene now in New York, because it has it has been growing quite a bit. Um. over the last like four years I want to say
3: yeah
2: but that's a hard question to answer because I haven't been to any events in like two years well yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's just like Uh, the 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 kind of the communication uh you know in a lot of other places especially in like towns in Canada uh you know different provinces in Canada you got your your um, Maryland groups you have uh your Pacific Northwest obviously uh you have your Texas groups and like they're all pretty tight-knit like Almost everyone yeah. knows everyone in in yeah, those yeah, yeah. in those little communities. Is yeah. it? Do you have that kind of feeling here in New York yet? Has it gotten to oh, that point? Absolutely,
2: absolutely. I mean, I've been here eight years now, and mm. uh, I feel like I've. I mean, most of my friends are through the people I've met through like game dev stuff. Mm-hmm. The 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 game the indie dev scene in New York is interesting because it is very tight knit. It's also very splintered. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pockets. Like, you have you have the people associated with like play crafting, for example, the people play NYC, you have, um, you have like the, there's a, there's a bunch of people who rent space in Dumbo that call themselves Gumbo. And they like have a shared office space. (laughs) Um, and it's just a bunch of different devs. They don't all work like on the same projects, but they all just have like a, an indie dev co-op thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's like there's different groups and sometimes there's some overlap, but then sometimes there's not. So it's really weird. Like, I'll be talking to people and being like, oh, yeah, so and so. And they're like, who? I'm like, oh, you don't know so and so. That's weird. Or it's like, oh, I didn't know you knew. Yeah, it's. Mm. But as far as. Yeah, it's it's definitely been growing. I mean, I got here at a time where it felt like a lot of the bigger studios were shutting down and moving yeah. out of New York. Mm-hmm. Like Arcadia Wait, is Arcadium still around? I don't even know um i
0: don't know anyway don't know. um there was a while there where um THQ when THQ was still yes. around they had Chaos Studios mm-hmm. right. and that was like it was right. them and Rockstar but Rockstar's yeah. studio here is all for it's like their legal department but also like some PR and like very little actual yeah. development happening yeah. um but like that's all you knew that's all yeah. we knew about in New York and yeah. you know and I know when THQ went under Chaos went under um that team kind of got scattered all about and there was really no no place for them to go they all had to move
1: yeah
2: yeah i think avalanche is the only triple a left mm, yeah yeah um, yep. And a few people mostly mostly the audio department of avalanche is who i know mm. uh, they they they're the ones that sort of seem to come out to all the events and stuff but yeah like there that's another group like the game audio people like i i go i would go to their meetups all the time too um yeah uh there's uh there i mean there's also the igda uh my -hmm. girlfriend was the co-chair of the igda for a really long time so i got to see a bunch of igda events and stuff um and yeah there's also like the new york indie games uh monthly social which we haven't obviously done in a while yeah but yeah um so yeah i'd say that the the scene here is i mean it's partly the reason i moved here was because there was a game dev scene there wasn't one in south florida so no um no. they don't think there is still uh but yeah it's it's been cool it's oh and yeah of course you have like the nyu game center mm-hmm. scene also yeah, yeah that, that, that's lot.
0: that's super important is is getting the colleges to start really getting people excited about the industry because yeah. I mean you can't hide the success of the gaming industry anymore like it was it out it outdrew every other entertainment medium combined you know hmm. and I think it's really hard to ignore at this point like even the big the big fat cats with the cigars, like they, they're they starting to pay attention, you know. So I like how
2: you said fat cats just as your cat jumped up on the sofa behind you. <laughs> he, he is a floof. He's a big was good floof. He's very
0: floofy. Um all right, Andy. Is it time? It's time. Oh boy. I'm glad he's this. taking a drink because it's about to get thirsty in here. I, I love this part. It's about but, but yes, this it, it is time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time for rapid fire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah but before we do if you guys like us you like what we do here think about supporting us on Patreon patreon.com slash NDS podcast we want to thank our Patreon producers Colton the Apprentice Nestler Vegas Girl on Fire and FNH Paul we can't continue to grow without all of your support so please head over there if you want to support us just one dollar gets you into our super secret top secret double probation VIP discord where you can hang out with us and talk video games all the damn time and we also have like devs in there too that you could chat with a little bit. Fun stuff. You could get you you get to like help us shape the show. It's really cool. Um and also head over to twitch.tv slash dual screen streams where we do crossplay podcast every week. All right. It's now time for rapid fire. Mm. It's uh this is where we're gonna really get to know you. We're gonna oh. get underneath what makes you you the deep right. dive you understand it's a deep dive. I, I
2: hope mm-hmm. so. All right. <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> okay. First we're going to get to know your perception. Okay? Between Andy and Steven, who got arrested and for what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh I'm going to say Steven got arrested for public urination. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, they, 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 you're getting me on a list now. Thanks, thanks for that. I mean, I <laughs> thought you would say
1: me for you know using a stone slab to beat someone to death. But hey, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you only keep that within game. You'd be surprised. <laughs> okay,
1: it's contextual. Um, <laughs> do you fight like a cow?
0: Wait, I don't get the answer. No, <laughs> no? we're getting to know you. Yeah. We just want to know what you think. We're asking the questions here, sir, okay? Okay, all right, all right,
2: fair. I see how this is going to work. Do I fight like a cow? Yes. (laughs) No, I fight like a dairy farmer.
1: Ah, that is the only answer to that mm, question. It is, it is.
0: (laughs) You are playing the card game Uno. Hmm. It is between you, your S.O., and grandma, how <laughs> did I know grandma was going to be in this? You're and, and You're, she's packing heat. Grandma <laughs> is after you. Grandma's the last person. Are I you going to draw four, grandma?
2: Am I going to what? Gonna, are
0: you going to draw four on grandma? Are you going to play that card? Or are you going to? Are you going to try I honestly
2: one? haven't played Uno in such a long time. I don't
0: remember how it works. So I'm going to say yes. Oh, grandma's getting four more cards. Suck it, grandma. You suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But now knowing that. grandma, she likely has another draw for her.
2: But the question is, is she going to pull out a shotgun and turn the table?
0: Probably. So, well, more it's than likely. your grandma. That's true. Well, <laughs> if
1: she
2: pulled out a shotgun, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> She's no longer with us.
0: Neither's mine. which You know what? Grandmas sure. unite. You know? Yeah. Um. Aside
1: from uh, slapping your granny with uh, four cards and uno, mm-hmm. what uh-huh. is something you have done I should have gotten you killed.
2: It should have gotten me killed. Yes, uh, I slipped and almost fell into the Irish Sea <laughs> very recently.
0: Very, <laughs> very recently. recently. <laughs> It was, well, it was
2: the last, it was the last trip I took in 2019. I was in Ireland and we were walking on a very wet and rainy day on cold next to the ocean. And I was like, Oh, some stairs that go down into the sea. Let me check those out. And I was walking with my umbrella and my hand in my coat pocket. And I went and it was only by like luck that I somehow like braced my fall and didn't just go (laughs) straight into the ocean. And it was like rough water and deep water and there was no way of getting out. So, that Goodness. should have gotten me killed, but thankfully it didn't.
1: Yes, you th- like. Thankfully, indeed. you you almost want that to be true for the alumni newsletter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I'd like to go out in a bit more. A fantastic
3: way he 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 died he at slipped.
0: sea. Oh, was yeah. was he? Did he get right. a Viking funeral? Uh, no, yeah. no, no, we don't. No. He <laughs> slipped on some stairs. Yeah, uh, and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, SMT's <laughs> Francisco. Now, here, here's a very similar question. Mm. Okay. What is the dumbest way you've injured yourself? Mm. <laughs> uh,
2: I have photo evidence to back this up because I was just showing this to someone yesterday. Uh, I went ice skating in Florida for the very first time. At that the doesn't right make sense already. Of twenty <laughs> how old was I in two thousand and nine? Twenty seven. Which is the magic number? So that probably should have gotten Mm. me killed too. (laughs) Um, I went ice skating, and I lost my balance, and I fell forward, and I put my hands out as you do. Doesn't work on ice. No. And I fell forward and smacked my face, and uh, it looked like I had been. uh, It looked like I was a hockey player who had just gotten into
0: steady diet of rocks. Very yeah. Played some hockey.
2: I cut myself right here on the temple and oh uh, no the head bleeds a lot it yes does. it does
0: it really truly does
2: so uh <laughs> so hang on this oh he's
0: for looking for your, photos oh god for all of
2: your uh oh. viewers
0: oh oh so no yeah, that was that was a pretty dumb way to injure myself. Man, I gotta be <laughs> honest though, that's a handsome picture. That that should be your headshot. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. my
2: profile, my Facebook profile. That, that that's mm.
0: definitely a headshot, right? You looked so disappointed though. You're like, oh man, look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. All right, Andy, you're up. Uh, speaking <laughs> of uh,
1: dumb ways to injure yourself, um, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no?
2: I've never tried it, but I'm gonna say mm-hmm. no. Mm. Although mm. I have had pineapple with prosciutto, prosciutto, and that's actually really good.
0: Wow, you are so, really from Florida, aren't you? Did you?
2: I had it in on Staten Island.
0: Prosciutto. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, is,
1: I, is that how they pronounce it in Staten Island? <laughs> no, no prosciutto.
2: <laughs> <laughs> prosciutto. Okay, I had it with some gabagool and some gabagool. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: sorry. Suprasad gabagool prosciutto. It's very simple. A baby can do it. Thank you. Thank
2: you. I'll keep that in mind for future reference. i s I've only been here eight years. It's ten years only. to I'm a New Yorker, right?
1: No, I think uh, isn't it six? Or is it or I don't seven? Know. Everybody has a different number. I think six or seven is my threshold for being a New Yorker. Okay. You you have so you're, to you're you have to you, you have
0: it. to scream it at at tourists. The 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 moment you just lose I, your fucking mind at tourists for just like stopping dead in their tracks in front of you or like going through the wrong door or, you know, standing still on an escalator. Of,
2: I did that within two weeks of living here on the Brooklyn bridge when I was trying to walk across it and I was like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> All right. That's
0: okay. It. Okay. Okay. So I adapted quickly. it was, ha- it was happening. It was happening for you anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what else can we do? Okay. Would you rather explore a brand new planet in a faraway galaxy or a faraway solar system, whatever, um, there's no, th- there's no threat of you getting there. You get there and you can explore and you'll live. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather explore the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean on Earth?
2: Definitely the ocean.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is a Grundislav?
2: <laughs> According to my eleventh grade history teacher, Grundislav was the ancient Germanic form of Gonzalez. I have since looked it up and it was actually it's actually Gundislav.
1: Uh-huh. but grundislav. apparently
2: that means war elf and i don't oh. know how to feel about that but okay. i feel like grundislav rolls off the tongue better than gundislav anyway so yeah my 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 <laughs> friends called started calling me grundislav and then when i went online i decided to use that as my nickname and it just i was i wasn't creative enough to come up with anything else
0: <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. And that, that coincidentally, I, I feel should be the name of that bloody picture. That could be, that <laughs> could war totally elf. be the, yeah, the war elf. It that. is Grundislav colorized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. You're, you get up, you're about to start your day. You're getting dressed. Is it sock, no, sock, not. shoe, shoe, mm. or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Yes. hmm that mm-hmm. is the only way. You could add him to the not sociopath list, Andy.
2: I also put on yes. my socks before I put on my pants.
0: That's acceptable. Oh, I do. Oh, I honest. do too. I do too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: yeah, totally yeah. fine. Uh,
1: what is something you think people notice the most about you? Oh,
2: God! I don't know. Mm. Um, I have no idea. What do people notice the most about me?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Besides your pirate den, only <laughs> only a select few are invited here. Oh uh, my! Oh my! Oh!
1: And it is in New York, Stephen. So mm-hmm. you have to get mm-hmm.
0: special VIP invitation. That's
2: uh, awesome. I mean, if you're you you know how they have those, you must be this tall
0: to enter. The ceiling
2: uh-huh. here is very low, so if you're oh, I'm five, I'm like- five
0: seven, baby. Let's go oh okay well i'm five
2: six and i get by but i can't if i lift my arms i touch the ceiling
1: so. uh, god, um, six feet i'm doomed yeah you are oh uh, god
2: what is something something people notice about me i don't know my diet god pass you're you're
0: okay okay is cereal a soup mm. no
1: okay okay mm. Would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every single night or sweat maple syrup?
2: Edible spaghetti hair. Mm. I was mm. out yesterday in 97 degree weather and oh, a no. dog, and if that was maple <laughs> syrup, that would be even more unfair. That would be horrendous. It would be horrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Time travel or teleportation?
1: Teleportation. Mm. Uh, Flight or invisibility?
2: Flight or invisibility? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, if I could teleport, I wouldn't need to fly, so let's do invisibility.
0: (laughs) There it (laughs) is. (laughs) Okay. We can keep this going. Super speed or super strength? Super speed just means I run fast, right? You can do everything fast. Do everything right. fast. You could do everything you want to do. T- very, typing, very fast. The typing, <laughs>
1: the clicking, the house chores, the cooking.
2: I guess, yeah, okay. Super speed then.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, To be able to lie perfectly, or A you perfect must always lie. tell the truth.
2: I mean, I always tell the truth all the time. So lie perfectly.
0: There it is. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like <laughs> mm-hmm, that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm what color and i'm making an assumption here what color are your dungeons and dragons dice
2: <laughs> i don't own any i'm sorry you mm-hmm. you
0: what kind of nerd are you mm-hmm. i've got look i'll show you he lives on a pirate ship that's enough already Steven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i have i have painted minis of all of my adventure game protagonists see there you go
0: <laughs> see that's those that's, are gorgeous
2: so your camera just turned off well your camera went off
0: Oh, no. Yeah, it (laughs) doesn't. Because I I, I stomped.
2: You got so angry at the fact that I didn't have... (laughs) Yeah, it it doesn't play D&D. Yeah. (laughs) I do play play Shadowrun, if that's any consolation.
0: Shadowrun's dope. Yeah.
2: Mm. My character in that is a nine-foot-tall Sasquatch who wears a Hawaiian shirt named Preston Unger who went to Dartmouth and hates the poor.
1: I think we found your next game
0: premise. (laughs) Those are a lot of words you just (laughs) said. i never heard it. Andy, give your final question, then I'll ask the ceremonial. Sure. Would you rather be a reverse centaur or a reverse merman?
1: Ooh, reverse
0: centaur. Mm. Yeah. That, be, that would be really weird. <laughs> I every Bojack time you movie. ask that, I try and look at it. I'm like, no, especially, none of this looks fun.
2: <laughs> especially because my girlfriend's from Saratoga Springs.
0: <laughs> Boy. Oh lordy, we have fun. We have fun. And now, Francisco, this is this is this is the one that's going to get the deepest and darkest into your psyche. Okay. Okay. All right. This is the one where we're really going to get to know you, and it's honestly not just the most difficult question you're going to answer on this podcast or any podcast. It's also the easiest. Mm. It is,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and the an oxymoronic question. Or just moronic. Either way, we're going to let you judge. But it is incredibly insightful and deep. And I've stalled enough. You have. Here we go. Andy or Steve? In general? However you want to interpret it. Yeah. For the gulag... (laughs) There's, or, uh, there's, a, know, there's a long list. There's a, there's a list of guests that have answered this question. <laughs> we just got to know what column we're putting your name in. Both. Okay. The very elusive both uh, mm-hmm. column, mm-hmm. which we we for a while we didn't allow, but right. I think we should though. Uh, yeah. Spe- a special both there's Cause... there's a very long neither column. Um, <laughs> that is very long at this point. Um but I appreciate I think we've once had a all right goodbye guys see you later <laughs> yeah we've had that as well yes yes we did uh I have good.
2: to say I'm I'm glad that the question I was on a podcast once where they asked me if I crumpled or folded the toilet paper so I'm glad you didn't ask Ooh, that. that
1: that's gonna go on the list for next time <laughs> I kind of like that one <laughs> yeah that's a good one you
2: really want to know that about people though? I mean I have yeah. a
1: day now you know that Ooh. I mean I've so. I've asked people if they would eat a dick flavored cake or a cake flavored dick. So, <laughs> when it comes to, to- toilet paper crumpling, does not matter? <laughs> 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 On that note, Francisco. On that note Francisco, where can everybody find you <laughs> and
0: find cake. rosewater and all of that stuff? I just want to say a dick flavored cake
2: would be an excellent inventory item for an adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) file that one away uh you can find me many places you can find me on twitter i am at grundislav games that's g-r-u-n-d-i-s-l-a-v games all one word uh you can go to my website grundislavgames.com if you search for it on google it will tell you you won a prize ignore that and just go to (laughs) grundislavgames.com i've been having issues with malware it's driving me crazy uh, but all my games are on Steam, A Golden Wake, Shardlight, Lamplight City, and Rosewater. You can wishlist it on Steam. Uh, they're also on GOG.com if you prefer the DRM free option. Uh, you can join my Discord. You can find the link on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv grundislav I do a weekly stream uh, where I develop the game called Wild West Wednesdays. That's every That's Wednesday awesome. at 1 p.m. Eastern. I love that. Uh, what else, what else, what else? I have a newsletter as well, uh, which I send out once a month. You can subscribe at tinyletter.com slash Grundislav. Uh, I think that's everything, right? Discord, Twitch, newsletter, Steam, website.
0: You're not on the TikTok? You're not a TikToker?
2: I am not a TikToker. (laughs) I'm too old for TikTok.
0: I I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand. I I try to TikTok. I have two TikToks. I think they're called TikToks. I made I made a tick or a talk. I possibly have hmm. made a TikTok. I don't know. I'm not sure. Folks, if you want to follow me on social media, I am at batchild27 on the old Twitter machine. Uh, you could also find me on Twitch. I'm at batchild. Uh, Andy is at pants guy. And you can follow us Twitch.tv/slash Dual Screens streams. And of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash NDS Podcast. Thanks again, Andy. Is there anything you want to tell the kids before we say our final goodbyes? Uh, always eat a dick-flavored cake. I feel like it's the... Always. Yeah, no, it's definitely the most nutritious out of the two options. R- seriously. It has some sort of caloric value, at least. Which <laughs> I suppose is helpful if your choices are a cake-flavored dick or a dick-flavored right. cake. So, I guess right. I, this this is what you're here for, folks. Yeah. A- it, it, we said that sentence after asking you for money. So, <laughs> I... So it's obvious why he should be giving us. Yes. Super, super obvious. Yeah. Anyway, good Lord. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Francisco. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. Keep going. Keep on gaming. And as always, please be excellent to each other.